Welcome back, guys, to the Wandering Sun podcast. This is episode five. That's crazy. Episode five. And my name is Eric Viatoro. And I'm super excited for today's episode. I have a friend from church. Her name is Athena. And she just has an amazing, an amazing testimony that I think is just going to speak to your heart. This woman, she's 23 years old, and she's a, a, a woman that's on fire for God. I mean, uh, one thing that I love about the people that the Lord has pl- placed in my life is that as, as they're on fire for God, I've realized that they, they, they come from uh, they, their story. A lot of the times is a story of pain, is a story of hurt, uh, is a story of conquer. And so I'm excited because I think Athena's story is just super amazing. I mean, she comes from uh, a broken home. She's dealt with substance addictions from, you know, even before being 13, which is insane. She's dabbled in new age practices in her teenage years. Um, and then God encountered her at some point. And, and it wasn't religion, but it was a true encounter. And it's crazy because she even hated, you know, like she really hated Christians and, and, and God placed the person in her life that began to minister to her. And, and then the Lord began to minister to her more, more importantly, and her life completely changed. She's traveled all over the world. I mean, she's been to 24 countries, which is insane. And for a, a year of her life, she dedicated to evangelizing to two other nations. So she really has a heart um, for people. And she specifically also has a heart for the refugees, which is something that I've been learning about myself and, and been trying to educate myself on because it is something that is not as highlighted in the United States. And so I just think, man, this conversation is just going to be so good and I'm super excited. Uh, so without further ado, Athena. Hello. Hey, <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good. Waking up with my coffee. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's, it's needed sometimes, you know. Um, thank you so much for making the time to to really sit down and talk to me. I think, like I like I said in the intro, I, I think your story is incredible and it will speak to people. And so, I mean, I just, let's just get right into it, you know? Um, can you just give us a small glimpse? I mean, we'll break it down as we go in the interview, but in a nutshell, just give us a glimpse into your past life with not having Jesus in your life and then um, where you're at now. Uh, just just give us a small glimpse of it. Okay, so um, from a very young age, I felt very hopeless um, and alone. And I started, you know, drinking and um, smoking weed and self-harming from a very young age. And I was just, yeah, depressed and suicidal. And I didn't think I was going to live past 18. That's crazy. Um, And right now I'm 23 and I just started classes at Columbia University and I hope to work at the United Nations. Wow. That's so cool. Um, Because I I, as we spoke, you know, you told me that I I think you stopped going to school. Like what what age did you stop going to school? Like one month after turning 17, I I got my GED. And you were living in your own by 17 as well, right? Mm -hmm. So what was happening at that time when you were 11, 13, uh, going into, you know, weed and alcohol? That's a really young age to start dabbling into stuff. I mean, for me, I didn't begin to dabble into like weed 
and, and into going into my weed addiction till I was about, you know, 20, 20 to 23. But you started super young, which is really insane. And there's probably a lot of people who have had that same testimony. So what was going on? Yeah. Um, I mean, as I mentioned, I was struggling with a lot of emotional and psychological issues, but uh, mostly it was an identity issue. And yeah, I, I had a very rough upbringing where I didn't feel loved or, you know, cared for. Um, I had no community or support. And, you know, alcohol was given to me and my friends to have fun at sleepovers. <laughs> yeah. It just became what was normal for us. And, you know, the weed, like for me, I grew up in a, you could say ghetto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neighborhood, you know, and for all of us in, in my generation, I would say, like, just like drinking or smoking, it was what was normal. Um, yeah, it's just what was normal, really. <laughs> Let's go a little bit deeper, right? And I'm only going deeper because we've talked and and I know a little bit of your testimony more in detail. But, you know, sometimes when we say like, oh, I, you know, I had a certain addiction, there's usually things that happened before that that got you to that point, right? Like the enemy plants seeds in order for these things to, to, to start happening. It just doesn't happen, right? Whether it's generational curses or, or doors that were opened by ourselves, right? So... Um, if you don't mind, I would love to just go into what was happening at home with with your mom, right? With with what was being practiced in the home that opened the door for for the enemy to come in. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I grew up with a single mom who is uh, mentally unwell, and yeah, she practiced many um, many crazy spiritual things in the house, like rituals and sacrifices. And um, like, you know, she would try to talk to spirits and and things like that. And that was really all I knew. Um, I never understood what Christianity was about or what it meant or anything like that. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to like the drinking and smoking and stuff like that, it was just, they were things that were reintroduced to me like time and time again um and you know i was a vulnerable young girl who had um, nobody to point me in the right direction really at what age would you say that you started to realize like wait what is this you know not christianity but you know spirits and all that stuff definitely in middle school i don't know if i can say exactly which age but it was definitely in middle school uh with my mom yeah was there anything that you saw manifest in, in your home? Or was there any things that uh, were abnormal as these things were being practiced? Yeah, so it's actually funny because when I was in middle school, the house that we moved into, there used to be a Christian family living there and they used to have prayer meetings there all the time. And then we moved in um, with my mom who was, you know, practicing all these new age things. And actually almost like every night or it happened so many times that it seems that way, I would wake up to my brother being possessed basically Wow. And my my mom would try to cast it out, but she didn't um, believe in Jesus. And I didn't know who is Jesus. So um, it would just go on for hours. And, you know, the spirit, spirit or spirits, you know, it would be talking. It would be saying things about hell and saying things about humans and um, laughing about it. Yeah, it was really crazy. And for me, as a middle school kid, 
I was like, you know, super freaked out. And for me, I really understood that there was darkness, but I didn't understand who is the light or where does the light come from and how do you get rid of that darkness? Wow. Man, it's just crazy, right? Because you're introduced to darkness first. Mm-hmm. And and though it may seem like a tough thing to encounter, which it is a tough thing to encounter, uh, I think it potentially even makes the, the encounter to the light even stronger. It it, it it makes your love for for Jesus even stronger because you saw evil, right? You 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 got to witness it in your home, um, which I think it's powerful and it's a powerful testimony. As you grew up, so you you had some experiences at home. Your mom was, uh, you know, practicing certain things and, and, and open doors. You you went on to at 11, 12, you, you know, the enemy then placed these these vices in your life, right? Placed alcohol, placed weed. Then how did it develop? How how did your journey continue? Now you go into what, high school? And, and what is happening? What is going through your mind now that you've experienced all these things and you still haven't met Jesus yet? You potentially have heard of him. So so what's going on now through your mind in high school? Yeah, so I mean, like coming out of middle school, I had, you know, also been self-harming. As I mentioned, I was very depressed and suicidal. And I was also bullied, actually. I was bullied very mm. bad. So um, it was to the point where I really had no safe place. Like it, it wasn't at home. Um, it wasn't at school. But um in high school, I did have a, a good group of friends there, but the teachers didn't really care about me. And I, you know, barely showed up to school or I was late. And it really got to the point where, like, I just felt if I didn't move out of my house, like, I just wasn't going to make it. Like, I just didn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Because, you know, my mom being mentally ill, she wasn't really a mom. <laughs> and yeah, I was just very alone there. Although I did have a dog who was um, there with me in middle school and high school. And my dog was kind of like my angel. Yeah. <laughs> um, anytime I was like, you know, feeling suicidal or or alone or crying or something, she was always there with me. Um, and I really believe that God, you know, provided her as like a comforter for me that in those moments that I wouldn't take my life because I knew that she needed me <clears throat> and yeah. I, I really loved her. Um, but yeah, so when I was 16, basically, I decided to move out. Um, and I moved in with my girlfriend at the time, because that was the only place that I really had to go. Yeah. And from there, things just got even worse, really. (laughs) So now you're living with your girlfriend. So you're identifying as bisexual. Tell us about that process of, okay, now I like women right like was that something that started that you recognized from an early age was there a point that you pinpointed where you were like oh no i'm bisexual or like tell us about that so actually my mom would take us to like gay pride festivals since i was Mm. young like five years old or something so i always thought of sexuality as something that it's like you know whatever you want whatever you choose or whatever feels good or whatever you like or Um, yeah, like, it's really up to you. And um, the only thing I knew of Christians really was that they hated gays and that um, they hated, you know, homosexuality. And and if you, you know, practice those things, then you're condemned and God hates you. And so I was definitely turned away from that and turned what made me feel good. And yeah, it's actually 
funny because I'm just thinking of times when I was pretty young, actually, also when I was in like fifth or sixth grade, when I had some friends that were girls who kind of like introduced this to me through like different behaviors and conversations and things like that. So it was not only through my mom, but also through um, other friends who, yeah, started to make me think about these things and, and practice these behaviors. And it was just a normal thing for me. And it was yeah, just whatever to me, what made me feel good. And um, yeah, she was there for me and opened the door for me to, you know, move in with her and I wanted to get out of my house. So. And so you lived with her for a year, I believe, or like six months? We dated for six months. And after that, I had nowhere to go. Actually, I was basically homeless. And during that time, I actually lost 20 pounds. <laughs> Um, I Which is was, insane because you're like, what, 100 pounds? You, yeah, I weigh 100 pounds. Yeah. Um, so I was not looking very good. <laughs> um, yeah, during that time, I was like very, very hopeless, really at like the end of the road kind of feeling. Um, shortly after, eventually, things ended very badly living there. And then my aunt decided I could live with her. So, um, you know, then I'm like turning 18 and yeah, living with my aunt. So then, um, yeah, during that time, I was like, okay, I have a safe place to live and food to eat. So I'm just going to like distract myself as much as I can and like numb everything, you know? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, actually, I had dropped out of high school at 17. um, And so I started going to Montgomery College, the local college here. I was working like two jobs and then just like partying any second that I could. So I didn't have to like stop and think or feel about anything. Wow. Um, Yeah. And it's funny because actually during that time, that was when God kind of started to pursue me without me really realizing it. Um, But yeah, like you mentioned, I myself was also into new age and I believed in a lot of new age things like meditation and self-realization, higher consciousness and like stone healing and um, things like that. I kind of started uh, to research like what is there else? Like what else is there? (laughs) Um, And what is the truth? And yeah, basically just digging deeper um, into life. And so I started researching like universal theories and dimensions and multiverse and string theory and all these scientific um, theories really to understand the world better. And that was actually opening the door to me discovering God without me realizing it. And uh, eventually my <laughs> I left my aunt's house and then I uh, went to live with my little sister. And, you know, so I'm. 18, I am going to school, um, working, partying. And it's important to say also that I had therapy from a very young age as well. Yeah. Um, I had therapy since I was like 11 until 18. And, um, you know, and and why do you say that? Um, I just, just curious, why do you say that it's a very important for me to say that I had therapy (laughs) for this time? I was just going to explain. I mean, therapy, it's helpful. You know, it helps you talk about things that you might not talk about otherwise and process things. It helps you to process your thoughts in a healthy way, but it will never fix your heart and the root issues of why you're thinking and feeling those things. So I just think that's important to point out. But yeah, so I started living with my little sister and then, um, 
during that time, I continued on this like discovery search and I started to watch documentaries about um, spiritual drugs. I had already done like some other drugs at that point. And yeah, I was looking for that deeper experience, like I kind of said. And so I was looking into like DMT, which they call the spirit mole- molecule and ayahuasca and, you know, all those things. And, um, you know, I thought it was really interesting And during that time, I also felt like God was kind of opening my eyes to the way that I perceived myself. I started to see signs all the time and all these weird coincidences started happening. And um, at the same time, I started to work at this restaurant and my new co-worker was a Christian. (laughs) And um, like you said, I used to hate Christians. (laughs) And sorry, sorry to cut you off, but um, because you're going into your testimony, which is amazing uh, with how the Lord encounters you, but that uh, that hate for for Christians, well, I guess you mentioned it. It ultimately came because of what you would see on TV or because of, uh, you know, how they would come against the LGBTQ community? Or was there any other reasons why why you just despised Christians? I know that's a strong word, but I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I really did. I just, I thought that they were extremely hateful. Um, I never saw or met a Christian who was loving or who was genuine or kind or something. Wow like Christian should be, right? right. Um, yeah, all I knew of Christians was what I saw in the media, in the movies where they're portrayed as brainwashed and like they're in a cult and no regard for people as people. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is not a Christian. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you're, so you're at, you're, yeah, they're the opposite. You're now at the restaurant you know, you've gone through a lot in life already. You're you're curious about spirituality. There's different things that are being placed on your plate to 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 know, you know, to go deep and to see what what really is out there. Who am I? What is going on? What is my purpose? Probably, right? I hate Christians. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And now the Lord begins his pursuit. Or maybe he's always been pursuing you, right? Because he's always planting seeds. So, I'm aware of his pursuit. Yeah. Yes. So just tell us about it. How does this happen? Yeah. So like I said, I was seeing signs and weird coincidences were happening like every day, like to the point where it was freaking me out. Like I could not ignore it anymore. And I just remember like even a specific moment when I was sitting on the Metro and I just remember like literally feeling like my eyes were opening. Like I was just seeing things totally different. Um, like with new eyes. And so I would uh, go to work with this um, new Christian coworker, you know, and at first I was like, man, this is going to be horrible having to work with her and stand next to her all day because we were hostess. I was like, you know, she's going to judge me and condemn me and tell me how to live my life. Um, But it really was not like that. Um, We somehow became like best friends. (laughs) Um, I could tell that she wasn't like any other Christian I met or seen before. Um, She was very genuine. She loved me. I could tell that she actually loved God. Like she wasn't, you know, just calling herself a Christian, but she was actually like she had a relationship with God. 
And she made that very evident in the way that she lived her life. Yeah. And so I really trusted her and I would talk to her about spiritual things because I could tell that she was very spiritual. And so um, I started to tell her, you know, about all these weird things that were happening. And I was like, you know, what do you think or what's going on? And, you know, I just wanted to talk about it with someone. And, you know, she would start to tell me, like, God is um, trying to tell you something like God is trying to do something in your life. And I'd be like, "Uh, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Like, it's okay if you think that, but not for me. <laughs> Let's change the subject now. Yeah, and one time, like, she even sat me down at the bar at, at our job and opened her Bible and was, like, reading me Bible verses, like, this is what God is saying to you. Wow. And I was like, I don't think so. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, there was even one time I went over to her house and I tried to, like, get us all to meditate and stuff. <laughs> um it's really funny (laughs) but she was she was with it she was not with it with the meditation but she was like no but she gave me space to be myself without shutting me down um and that was really important to build that trusting and open relationship that's so good yeah and um yeah so after like two months of those things happening and and us sharing things with each other you know, I was reading a book called Oneness. I thought maybe I'm becoming one with the universe. <laughs> you know, I'm becoming self-realized. That's why all these things are happening. Um, but even though I was reading these books and stuff, like, I never felt like this is it, you know? It's just like, okay, this is interesting. I don't know. I don't really feel like this is the answer. And um, she told me about this Christian conference that she was going to. And um, for some reason, I invited myself. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I told her, like, I want to come. And she was like, what? You want to (laughs) come? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll find some answers there. Um, Let's just see, you know. Yeah. He was like, okay, I'm going to fundraise the money for you to come. And and, and just stop right there, though, because you you said this. I've heard your testimony about two, three times now. (laughs) And you always say she fundraised for you. And I just think that's so amazing that she took it upon herself, you know, cause somebody else could have been like, all right, cool. You got the money. Like, you yeah. know, but no, like she cared so much about you. She became so much of a friend and she came invested in your life. And she was like, you know what this, she knew how important and how great this opportunity was. Right. Because yeah. she had an understanding that God was knocking on your door. Yeah. Right. And so the fact that she took it upon herself to say, Hey, like I'll, I'm going to make this happen with you. Like, I just think that's so great. And I think for a lot of us um, as Christians, we need to have that type of heart where it's like, man, let's, let's do everything we can to help and, and to really uh, facilitate that, that, that encounter, you know, because at the end of the day, the Lord is the one who's going to, who's going to meet them, but he, he uses us to get there. So I just think that's great. What's her name, by the way? Landy. I was just going to say. Landy? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Lanny, yo. So cool. So she fundraised the money and you go to this Christian conference. There was a specific moment. Um, there was probably a, a couple of moments that the Lord constructed yeah. for you to know that he was real. But there was a specific one where you were like, whoa. Or tell us a couple of them. What, what happened at that Christian conference? Yeah, I mean, so even on the way there, um, <laughs> I, you know, I was on the bus with Christians on this like nine hour drive down to North Carolina for this three day conference. And um, 
first of all, I was like the only white girl, you know, it was the African-American ministry. Um, and I didn't even like Christians. And everybody on the bus was like worshiping and singing how they love Jesus. And I'm just like, man, this is a cult, just like in the movies. Like these people are brainwashed or something. Like, <laughs> you know, why did I come here? Um, but yeah, like even though I was thinking those things, like in my heart, I knew like, okay, just, you know, it's okay, forget about it. Just remember, you know, why you're going, like there's a reason why you're going. So yeah, we get to the conference and my friend Landy, she's like, all right, peace out. I'm going to volunteer now. <laughs> I mean, she didn't say it like that, but you know, she had um, obligations there. And I'm just like, okay, great. Now I'm at this Christian conference all alone. And yeah, okay, let's see what happens. So I went to go like sit in the seats by myself, just waiting for it to start. And then, um, yeah, this girl that I never met before, like she didn't know anything about me. Um, she just came and like sat next to me and she's like, hey, like, do you have a dog? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, is it orange? I'm like, yeah. She's like, uh, God wants you to know that he adores you the way that you adore your dog. Crazy. And I was like, what? Like, who are you? <laughs> uh, because, yeah, like, as I explained before, my dog was kind of like my angel and my comforter in, like, the hardest times when I felt alone. And I loved my dog so much. So, like, in that moment, yeah, God was really showing me, like, he doesn't just know me, but he knows me, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. few parts of my heart that I don't tell anyone about. When you first told me that story, and I've said this in, in other episodes that I believe, like, Christians are like superheroes. You know what I'm saying? Because we like legit, like the Lord just be, you know what I'm saying? Like we be just knowing things sometimes through the Holy Spirit. And and what that happened, obviously, was, was a word of knowledge, right? For people that might not know. Um, and it's when God gives you a word about a person um, to really uh, facilitate a connection, right? Like yeah. he, God uses that to, to be able to, to speak into people's hearts. But it just reminded me of like, like, like X-Men. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there, you know, like in X Men, they had a school where they weren't, you know, they were, they all had like superpowers, and it just kind of puts me into that, into that zone of like this girl just walking around, you know, minding her own business, praising the Lord, and then all of a sudden was like, that girl got an orange dog. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me ask, and then you know, <laughs> but it's God. It's all God. So, so cool. So guys, like, hey, I love you. Yeah. And then what 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 happens next? Yeah, so basically I was like, okay, whoa, that was super weird, you know, maybe that was God, but I don't know. I have a lot of doubt. So let's see what else happens. And this is a three day conference, so there's time, right? You got time. Yeah. Um yeah, and so you know, this girl just walked away after that. I'm just like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so after that I was just kind of like observing everybody there and seeing you know, okay, how are these Christians? What do they do? <laughs> and, um, you know, I was seeing everybody worshiping. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't fake. I could see that something was really happening to them. You know, there were people like on their knees weeping and, and even as they're singing, you know, their, their lips aren't just moving, but something is really happening um, in yeah. their heart. Um, they were encountering something and people were on stage sharing testimonies of how God, you know, delivered them and healed them. And I was like, wow, like something's really happening to these people, you know, like 
what's different about them compared to me? Like, how come I'm not experiencing these things? Like, I want to experience that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I didn't, you know, understand what it was. So the second day of the conference, there was like a time of prayer. And I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know anything about prayer or Christianity, really. And I had my meditation beads, having my new age background. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to pray to God. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm like holding my meditation beads and I was like, okay, God, if you're here again, I'm sitting alone (laughs) and I was like, okay, God, if you're here, come and put your hand on my shoulder. So I know that I'm not here alone. And then I just like closed my eyes like this. And then another girl who I never met before just walked over and put her hand on my shoulder. And I was so freaked out. I was like, okay, whoa, that was God. Like, that was crazy. That was exactly what I just prayed, you know? And it's even funnier because what I prayed wasn't even something you could say that's realistic because God's invisible, right? So how could he put his hand on my shoulder? But he used someone else to fulfill that prayer, which is so awesome when Christians are obedient like that. And, you know, she she didn't even know why she went over there. She was just like, hey, are you okay? And I'm just like, yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. And she walked away. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was like, well, okay, like, that was God. You know, I cannot deny it anymore. Like, that was just crazy. Yeah, I don't know if you want me to go into this. But, you know, then I saw somebody on the stage sharing a testimony. And I was like, hey, I have the same thing. Like, let me go to the prayer room and get prayer. And, you know, it'll be all nice and peaceful and I'll feel good. (laughs) You know, I I didn't know anything about prayer. So, um, yeah, I went into the prayer room and it was like a movie. I didn't know what was happening. All I knew was that there was good and that there was evil in the room. You know, people were being delivered from things. Some crazy things were happening. And um, I just walked over to the prayer person and I was like, you know, telling them what's going on. And all they said was, you know, are you saved? Like, have you accepted Jesus? I was just like, no, but you can hurry up so I can feel safe in here. (laughs) Cause like somehow I just knew that it was the right thing and the right side of things to be on, even though I didn't understand. Um, So what, what is it that you felt in that moment? Like, like, can you, can you give us a little more of an insight of as as you're seeing people be delivered or you're seeing these intense prayers and 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 what what did it feel like what you know what i mean can you describe that a little bit more yeah that's kind of an interesting question i yeah it was kind of like this battle that was going on like this war that was happening in front of me um and i could also feel that like inside of me like it was a moment of of war and like Wow. You know, who's going to win? Like, which side am I going to choose? Kind of, wow. you know. So in that moment, basically, I made my choice. Like, who's going to win? And, you know, what side of the battle am I going to end up on, basically? Um, wow. Yeah, because prayer is, is battle. You know, you're fighting against things. Um, I mean, there's an invisible war happening as we speak right now. Yeah, for sure. So cool. You get prayer. You, you, you yeah. pick your side of the battle. You say, you know what? Mm-mm. I'm, I'm going to go over there. You know what I'm saying? I need, I need, I need that. I need that goodness. Um, and you receive Jesus. You're, you're freed in that moment. Right. Um, yeah. So I can explain a bit about that. Um, do, yeah. Yeah. I prayed to accept Jesus. So not completely understanding what it means, but I knew that it was right. 
So I prayed to accept Jesus, and it was like this cloud and this heaviness of oppression that had been over me. Like my yeah. whole life just came off of me. Wow. Like the depression, the suicidal thoughts and feelings, like it was just gone. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit, which again, I didn't understand at the time, but I was filled with a joy that I never knew existed. Like I didn't know you could have that kind of joy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was real or that you could feel that way, that like that wholeness and that love and that acceptance and just like peace. And I just knew like in that moment, like, okay, this is it. Like, this is the right thing. Um, and after that, I just went to the worship stage to worship, even though I didn't know how to worship. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, oh man. That's so good. I, I just love that description of um, of you, like just, you know, discerning because that's essentially what it is, right? Like you just discern, you felt that there was a battle going on and you had to choose. That to me is just like so incredible because it is a battle. And if you're not on the good side, you are on the bad side. There is no in between. Right. Exactly. You know, so you receive Jesus is darkness is lifted off your shoulder. You're seeing the world in a, in a new way, right? Which to whoever is listening, if you haven't um, accepted Jesus and if you haven't felt that clarity, I strongly suggest that you, you pray and you think about it and, and you just really accept him just because it's amazing. And that's something that I've experienced myself from trauma that I've received in my life as well. But then something incredible happens in, in, in your life specifically. You all of a sudden, and maybe that's not the right words, but you 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 get this urge to want to go out into the world, and 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 really uh, evangelize, right? And yeah. so, what what happened? Um, take us through that decision of saying, you know what, I want to go. Um, in a nutshell, you know what what happened. Yeah, I mean, there's actually a lot leading up to that as well. Um, so, I mean, after I accepted Jesus, I joined like a six-month discipleship group with that ministry. Um, and during that time, you know, God delivered me from drugs, from alcohol, from cussing even. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I, here. yeah. <laughs> and I heard God's voice for the first time, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Yeah, God was really just like establishing and, and setting the foundation for my walk with him. I had always wanted to travel actually since high school, but it was just never a reality for me given my circumstances. Um, and I think it's very interesting how like God had always given me that desire, but I didn't quite understand it or the purpose of it or the fullness of it until I was walking with him. It was actually crazy how God opened the door for me to leave the country just a few months after being saved. I think he just really wanted to take me out of my circumstances and my environment to kind of start fresh. Yeah. Um, but actually, my first trip abroad was me doing things my own way and not um, fully yet understanding why God gave me this desire. Um, so I actually my first trip abroad was eight months and I was just backpacking and working and um, yeah, I went to like 12 countries on my first trip. And like during that time, um, you know, I would actually share about Jesus with people because I, you know, I knew him. I loved him. He had delivered me from things. He'd given me this joy. Um, wow. But I only knew him in spirit and not in truth. And that was a huge um, 
hindrance in my ability to evangelize because I was not reading my Bible. Yeah. Well, so I didn't really know what I'm talking about. I just wanted to tell people about it. <laughs> um, but I was being completely, I was being a complete hypocrite because, um, you know, I wasn't reading my Bible. So I wasn't, you know, doing things that God would have wanted me to do. And I just wanted to tell people, you know, the good things, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the, the things that I wanted to tell them. Um, and Which there's so, nothing wrong with that. You just have to supplement it with truth. Right. Absolutely. And I, I didn't have that much truth to share. Yeah. I mean, your testimony is truth, but when we talk about truth, we're, we're specifically talking about oh, his truth, right? His, his word. The word, because yeah. I mean, the Bible says that God is looking for worshipers in spirit and truth. You mm, can't come on without truth and you can't have the truth without spirit. So you can never have just one or the other. So basically I was, yeah, gone for eight months. And when I got home, the Lord encountered me and convicted me about not reading my Bible mm. and being this hypocritical evangelist and Christian. And um, he was like, hey, you know, I already revealed myself to you. You have no excuse really to pick and choose what you like and what you don't like. Wow. Like if you say you're going to follow me, you need to follow me. You can't you know, decide in which areas of your life you're going to follow me or what days that you feel like it. Like, it's all or nothing. And I already proved myself to you. So, like, you need to make a choice, basically. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right, God. <laughs> I have no excuse. You already proved yourself to me over and over again. I've heard your voice. You've delivered me. You've changed my life. Like, I have no right to be so selfish to choose myself over you in any part of my life, you know. And so that day I decided I'm going to read the entire Bible. And as I started to read the Bible, God started to change me so much more. He started to change my relationships and how I treat people, my character, my integrity, my value for myself and others. Um, wow. Yeah, just my overview, like, wor yeah, my worldview, really. Um, I started to change like on a whole nother level because now that truth part was coming in to meet with the spirit, you know. And so it was actually after that that God started to open the door for missions. You know, he was using that time at home of reading the Bible and growing to prepare me for missions. Because it would be horrible to go out into the field to be a missionary and you don't understand what truth is. <laughs> you know, what are you trying to share with them? Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, like I was home for, I think, another eight months. And um, I started to see, you know, pictures of the refugee crisis with children. And, you know, these were just horrible pictures that really pierced my heart. Um, and the Holy Spirit just convicted me immediately, like, you need to help them. Like, um, you know, you can't look away from that and and have a clear conscience. And um, I just knew that I had to go to help the refugees. Um, you know, Jesus was a refugee. The Jews were refugees. The Bible wow. said care for refugees so how can i call myself a christian if if i don't care for refugees when my own god was a refugee <laughs> that wow. would be funny yeah so god really convicted me like i need to go and and be with the refugees not long after that two missionary sisters came to my church one of whom was just in the refugee camp in greece so i ended up getting set up and connected to go be in this refugee camp in greece for two months and then um, through that same organization to do a discipleship training school 
with YWAM um, in Germany. So that was kind of setting me up for like this whole next year in 2017. So um, yeah, I went to be with the refugees in Lesbos, Greece, which is uh, in Moria camp, which is now one of the world's worst refugee camps actually. At the time that I was there, there was only over 4,000 refugees and now there's almost 30,000. Jeez. Um, so that just shows, you know, how things need to be improved and done differently. What do you think is going on in the world right now with with so many refugees? Like, what what is going on? Yeah. I, I, I know that's a loaded question. Yeah, I mean, there's always wars going on. There's always poverty. There's always migration happening all yeah. over the world. But, um, yeah, so right now there's actually more refugees in the world than during World War II, during wow. the Holocaust. There's more refugees now than then. And America is actually letting in the least amount of refugees than in a very long time, I think in 50 years or something. Wow. Basically since World War II. And um, yeah, I mean, there is a, a civil war going on in Syria that's been happening for nine years now. Uh, there's the Taliban in Afghanistan, there's, you know, ISIS, there's all these terrorist groups and unstable governments. So people, you know, are being blown up, their houses are being bombed, children are being killed. Um, so yeah, there's over 7 million refugees, I think, just from Syria, maybe almost 7 million just from Syria. Wow. Um, and then, uh, you know, at one point a few years ago, Germany kind of was in the news and said like, okay, we're gonna open our doors to refugees. So then uh, refugees started coming from all these other countries because the door had opened. So now refugees were coming from Africa as well. Yeah. From North Africa, um, east all the way over to the west, really like to Gambia, Ethiopia, um, and most of them are coming through Libya, which is one of the worst places like in the world, I would say, where people are being sold and auctioned in the streets right now as wow. like it's it's really bad um and um you know during this refugee crisis like governments have really some have tried to help but most of them have turned a blind eye you know just looked away and there is a lot of bad people mostly border police who are you know brutalizing these refugees who are just looking for safety and to save their children's lives you know um many border police are are sinking boats that are trying to cross the sea from libya uh, or turkey and um yeah i mean border police are beating them and and taking their phones and and everything from them and it's it's a really horrible situation. Man, um, obviously we're in a in a fallen world. And, you know, as the Bible says, like just things are going to continue to get worse. But we do have an opportunity to, to serve our brothers and sisters and, and to not be just comfortable. Right. And so I applaud you for 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 being uh, a woman of God who's on fire for the Lord and, and which has pushed you to care for your brothers and sisters. So I, I really applaud you because even as you're going into school and, and you're going to New York, that's that's the reason why you're going to school. You're going to, um, what's the what's the degree that you're going yeah. after? I'll be studying political science to work hopefully for the United Nations or another institution where I can influence international policy. Okay, and guys, if you are listening right now, 
And if you guys want to help Athena in in her journey, she actually does have a GoFundMe to help her, you know, uh, finish school. She's going in, into New York by herself, no help except the Lord, which is the best help. But if you guys want to just just pour into her mission, you can, and um, we'll we'll put up the link um, for you to be able to donate donate to her. Um, you can also reach out to to me. And yeah, let's just pour into this. I just wanted to say that because um, you just never know. You know what I mean? Um, okay, so you're on mission trips. The world is crazy. You're out there in the field. You're helping. Tell us, tell us, give us one of your greatest testimonies of just like something that you've seen in this walk. Anything that you could share with us? So first of all, I, I like to say that I initially went to be in the refugee camp for two months and then and it turned into six months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the maximum amount of time to be in that camp was two months. And then I went to Athens and then Serbia um, and then Jordan, actually just seven kilometers from Syria where the war was happening. Actually, we could like hear the bombs and we were visiting the refugees in their homes, doing ministry with them there as well. Um, and through those like six months with the refugees, I was beginning to see that I would say most of them, not just some of them, but most of them were either having dreams or visions about Jesus before coming to Europe. And then they were coming into this camp that was run by Christians who were answering those dreams and visions that they had already had. Wow. Um, and so it was really beautiful and just amazing to see how God was bringing them like into this land to to hear the gospel where they couldn't hear it before in that 1040 window, you know, like unreached um, nations. It was just beautiful. Also, there's many, many stories of refugees seeing Jesus walking on the water as they were in these boats, fearing for their lives, thinking that they're going to sink and and they wow. were getting rescued. And then they would come on shore asking people, who was that man walking on water in white? And Stop it. Yeah, there's so many stories about that. Um, many people have had the same like vision, like different boats. And these boats are filled with like 50 people and they would all see it. Like, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And I actually have a friend uh, from Iran. She's one of my, <laughs> I love her so much. We met in Athens when I was doing ministry there. Yeah, so she's from Iran. And when she was still in Iran, um, she had a, a dream or no, she was praying to God and she didn't, she didn't know Jesus, but she was just praying and she was like, you know, feeling really depressed and, and like hopeless. And she was just like, God, like, you don't see me. You don't hear me. Like, you don't know me or love me, you know, just like that, like crying. And then like, you know, two years later or something, she's in Europe after coming as a refugee. She's in Athens walking on the street. And a man that she's never met before comes up to her and he's like, hey, God wants you to know that he knows you and he sees you and he hears you. And she was just like so freaked out. And she became a Christian, actually. Yeah, she. I love this girl. <laughs> she's like my sister. Um, yeah, wow. she loves God. And, you know, that's just one small story. But I have other friends from Afghanistan, um, a couple who are in Athens as well, and um, I actually got to give them their first Bible and, you know, share my story with them and talk to them about the Lord. And um, the wife, she had never heard anything about Jesus. Like it was really her first time, whereas the husband had known more about God, but was still kind of unsure about things. And after they had already become Christians and 
they've been walking with God, she had a dream about Jesus as well. And it was just beautiful because, you know, Muslims especially um, encountered Jesus in dreams because, yeah. you know, in the Quran, that's how Muhammad received, you know, his uh, prophecies or whatever, you know, encounters with God. And so that's how God speaks to them because he speaks to all of us in the way that we understand. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know the part. I knew that um, um, they were receiving dreams and that's how that's like the door to, to tell them about Jesus because they don't know what they're you know what they're experiencing but i didn't know it was because of the of the quran like that that that's what they ah that's interesting yeah wow. that's your context so that's how god meets them you know yeah 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 so i mean that was just you know with the refugees and you know it's a crazy intense experience but always seeing god come through in those small moments and you know there was even one night we were doing an overnight shift um in the camp in greece and it's from like midnight to 8 a.m. <laughs> and it's it's a rough shift and it's very cold. It's an island and during winter it's it's rough. Um, but that's nothing for us. You know, there are refugees who live there and sleep in tents. <laughs> Come on. But, um, you know, one night, like the police were walking by our, our um, how do you call it, where we were stationed. Yeah, where we were yeah. stationed. And uh, we were like, hey, like, can we pray for you? Can we talk to you? Uh, me and my friend who were there, and they all came inside the gate where we were. There was like maybe five of the police there. And we actually got to talk to them about Jesus and pray for all of them. And for me, that was a really powerful moment because the police there are very bad, very bad. And they really need that prayer. So for me, that was like an awesome moment. Yeah. <laughs> that that night or that morning after that overnight shift, I came back to the base where we were staying in this boat. Like I was blasting the worship music at 8 a.m. <laughs> and everybody's like, what's wrong with that girl? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I would just see so many times that God would um, open the door for opportunities like that. And, um, you know, then later in the year, I did my DTS with YWAM, uh, where we spent three months in Southeast Asia in Cambodia and Indonesia. And um, especially in Indonesia, God would show me and my team, like, how far he'll go for one person. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, I was actually, that's where I wanted to go next. Because when you when you first told me that, I was like, man, that's that's so good. So tell us about that. Yeah, how, how what, what was it? What is it? How far said? God will go for one person. How far God will go for one one person. Tell us about yeah. it. I mean, honestly, that's what uh, makes me, that makes me think about the song Reckless Love, you know, mm. <laughs> as controversial as that song may be. For me, that's what that song really means is how, you know, in a way it seems reckless that God will go so far and do these crazy things just to get the heart of one person. Um, yeah. But yeah, God would bring like me and my team of like four other people and like our translator like five hours into the mountains in indonesia for like one person <laughs> um and time and time again he would do this and every day we would be praying you know what do you want to do today and just to partner with him and every time he would do exactly what he told us he was going to do we had seen god touch like hundreds of students at this altar call we did at a school where they all came to the front and like got touched by the Holy Spirit and were delivered. And it was this beautiful encounter with just like the kingdom of God coming down. And so we had another um, crusade, they called it at a church for like a youth ministry 
And um, we were like, okay, like we're sure God's going to do the same thing. You know, he wants us to do an altar call. So it's going to be awesome. Get ready, guys. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we're there. And like, as we're on stage talking, like we can see that the kids are not really listening. Like nobody really cares. They're just there to hang out with their friends. And <laughs> we do the altar call and like nobody comes forward. And we're just like, what's going on? Like, God told us, like, it's going to be crazy. What What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, after, you know, the event is, like, ending and people are getting food and stuff, you know, the pastor walks over to us and he's like, hey, there's this girl who wants prayer from you guys. And it was this, you know, lovely high school girl. Her name was Margareta. And, um, yeah, we sat down with her to kind of hear what's going on. And, you know, long story short, she was demon possessed and she knew it. She could barely speak as she was trying to tell her story to us. It was coming out as whispers and like she could barely move her mouth. She couldn't smile. Her face was like a zombie, basically. Um, yeah. And she was just telling us how she was having these really bad thoughts and she was fighting with her parents and it was not like her. And she knew that something was wrong. Yeah. And so we were like, OK, well, do you want to be freed? You know, do you want Jesus to heal you? And she said, yes. And that's a very important question to ask if you're ever going to pray for somebody for deliverance because the bible says that you know if the house is found you know swept and clean and in order and it's not filled with god then more worse things can come into place so mm. um, yeah so she wanted to be healed and freed by jesus and you know we all began to pray in in whatever way that the holy spirit led each of us and um, the moment that she got free, she started to just like worship. And yeah, like I told you before, it was just the most beautiful moment probably I've ever experienced. Like it was like she was just filled with heaven and she was singing like an angel and her face just completely changed. Like she was smiling and just thanking God and she could talk and she was hugging us and just like praising God and like, and that moment she was worshiping, it was just like, oh, my gosh, like this yeah. light, you know, like from heaven just coming down and like shining out of her or something through her worship. And wow. yeah, we will never forget that moment. And yeah, we got to check on her a few days later and see how she was doing. And, you know, God was just continuing to work in her. And so that was just amazing. Sheesh. And I'm sure you got like a lot more stories. because yeah. <laughs> Man. This is just good. I, I, I thank you. I think we spent a solid hour right now just <laughs> just pouring out. Um, I thank you so much for just making time um, to really share your testimony, not only with, with me outside of this podcast, but even now on camera so that people can learn. And, and hopefully this will spark a fire in some of our listeners. I know that this will spark a, a new fire in some of our listeners. So is there anything um, that you want any last words for anybody out there who may be struggling with some of the same things that you struggle with or that potentially wants go, wants to go out now and, and do some mission trips? Um, any, any last words for them? Yeah, actually, God was just bringing something else to mind. Um, during the time when he was convicting me about reading the Bible, you know, the reason why I didn't want to read my Bible was because I didn't want to be convicted of the rest of my sins that I hadn't dealt with yet. And I wasn't ready to give my identity to God to define. I wanted to define myself. And um, I think especially in America, 
we're obsessed with creating ourselves and portraying ourselves and and making this image of ourselves and yeah i think that is a that's one of the most powerful things um when we give that over to god and allow him to i to show us our identity um for me that was one of the most life-changing moments because you know i went from trying to identify myself and and being broken to him showing me you know even through through words of knowledge from other people and through my own study in the bible and encounters with him who i am as a woman of god um how he created me um how he sees me and the gifts yeah. that he's given me the purposes that he's given me um and i think it's completely opposite to our culture today in america and that's you know that's a tactic of the enemy that you know we get to be whoever we want to be in and pick and choose what feels good to us and actually what god has designed for us and planned for us is so much more beautiful and grand than you know we could ever imagine um and for me when i was able to actually become self-realized in who god created me to be you know all those lies just fell away and i began to understand who I had always been, but had never been able to be. And yeah, for me, that was one of the most life-changing things and actually what enabled me to go into missions, to actually love people the way that God had, you know, created me to love people and to um, see people the way that he sees people and to have his heart for people. Um, And I think that's what missions is all about. It's not about just sharing a message. It's not about preaching. It's not about you know, just like checking something off the list or completing a mission, even though it is the great commission that God has given to every Christian. But it's about seeing people the way that God sees them and understanding his heart for their salvation and understanding his heart uh, for wanting to heal them and and for them to know him and yeah, for them to be transformed. I think that's really what missions is about. Thank you so much, Athena. Again, to any of our listeners who want to just pour into her mission and in her journey to, to help refugees, to just help the world. Uh, on Instagram, you can follow us at the Wandering Sun Podcast. Um, and on YouTube, we'll also have the link available in the description for you to be able to directly go into the GoFundMe uh, so you guys can donate. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Athena, for for just sharing this hour with us. Um, We really appreciate it. I know God is going to continue to bless you, and I'm really confident in that. So thank you for all the work that you're doing. So thank you, guys. And we'll be back with episode six next week. This was episode five. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Peace.